The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. This is a place for crazy people. Natalie Cheel and Rick Mott. I think you'll listen. TNT. It certainly is. Crazy people we are. Good morning. Happy hump day. It's Wednesday, the 28th of February, 2024. Get your violins out. Um, for me, I'm feeling very sorry for myself. Uh, third, the third day of my, my cold. Uh, I'm going to manage or try. Uh, my goal is to get through the rest of the hour without coughing because then I'll be going back to my bed uh, if you believe in terrain theory. I only ever get a cold when I've been run down emotionally and uh yeah i'm suffering at the moment so i'll be going back to my bed but uh the ever the professional that i am i will be here trying not to cough for the rest of the hour uh but uh Gemma and rick will be next up we've also got kit knightley and hayden appleby and uh, let's get straight to it this morning uh jk rowling controversial figure as ever causing more debate so she's saying uh on a twitter this is not a woman. I'm sick of this. These are hashtag not our crimes. Well, this is in reference uh, to Sky News referring to murderer Scarlett Blake as a woman in its reporting. Blake, 26, obviously a biological man, dissected a cat and placed its body in a blender just months before. Uh, it's saying she, but he stalked uh, down the male victim and killed him in cold blood. What do we reckon, Rick? Is this person a male or a female? And uh, should we respect their wishes after they haven't respected the victim's wishes? And should we be referring to them as a sheep? Okay, number one, they're an evil scumbag, whoever they are, whatever they think they are. Uh, killing animals is usually, as you know, Natalie, not from personal experience, but from studying <laughs> serial yeah. killers. It's usually the stepping stone to going after humans, which this dude did. And whether or not it's a man or a woman, very simple. Uh, if they were born with men bits, they're men. And if they were born with lady bits, they're ladies or without men bits, whatever way you want to describe it. And I think it grinds my gears not so much even associating certain crimes with men that are women or think that they're women, but this acknowledgement of the newspapers and the media outlets saying this woman, it's not a woman, it's a man who thinks he's a woman and he's an evil so-and-so. If it had been a female, the crime would have been no less wicked and evil. Uh, so the gender actually has got nothing to do with the crime as such, uh, but of course they have to slip in that it's a she, her, when in reality it's a you-know-what down below he, him. So, yep, uh, I, I, that bugs me. So I'm with JK but in this one. Yeah, but uh, she makes a really good point as well, Rick, because, it, it, you know, it's not just about, uh, you know, whether it's you agree with the gender ideology or not. It does make a difference to the crime figures. Uh, you know, she says uh, in reference to other people saying, uh, what a weird thing to complain about, as if there aren't plenty of women that haven't committed these crimes. I mean, they're missing the point. She says, one, crime statistics are rendered useless if violent and sexual attacks committed by men are actually get recorded as females. Two, mm -hmm. activists are already clamouring for sadistic killers to be incarcerated in women's prisons. And three, ideologically driven misinformation is not journalism i can't you know we can't facts are facts he was a man and if we start calling these these uh you know vile killers and psychopaths women uh we're rewriting history again aren't we 
Oh, yeah, we are. And of course, that's not to say a woman couldn't have committed that crime. If you've watched Fatal Attraction, yeah, I think possible. it is old Glenn, Glenn Close like to throw a little bunny rabbits in uh, bu buckets of boiling water. So uh, like I said, the actual crime itself is equally horrendous whether or not it was committed by a man or a woman. But as you rightly point out, number one, it's skewing the figures for these type of crimes to make women look yeah. worse than they are. It not is. already are. <laughs> women worse than they are. <laughs> okay. And of course, it's perpetrating this whole he, her, she, them, it, what, with, maybe, pronoun nonsense uh, that doesn't exist other than in the minds of the people uh, that think it. And I'm not knocking people that, you know, believe that they're women or believe that they're men. That's your business. But don't ask me to acknowledge it. And for crying out loud, don't expect the, the, the public to accept it. And I would, uh, you know, before Gemma comes on, I would just like to point out as well, even people that follow this gender ideology and believe it, surely if you've gone and done this heinous act and killed someone, uh, your right to be, to be called the identity that you want kind of goes away. You've taken away somebody's life. Therefore, to me, you get called by what you are on this birth certificate. Suddenly your wishes can't be rendered the same as somebody else's. So that's, that's how I see it, even if you believe all the pronoun stuff. So yeah, we've got to take a quick pause and we'll get Gemma's views on this on today's news talk. Getting straight to the facts. Enough with the lies. We need facts. This is today's news talk radio, TNT. Yeah, enough of the lies, Gemma. We need facts, don't we, on this one? Is he a man or a woman? Well, obviously he is a man and the courts have reflected that because they've put him in a male prison. They have said that this person, this man is so dangerous. There was absolutely no way they'll honour that identity uh, crisis, I would call it, and put him in a women's prison. He's going into a man's prison. So at least some common sense has prevailed on this story. And I must say, I do have a, a huge amount of respect for JK Rowling on this one. She has not backed down. She has stuck to her gun. She continues to campaign vociferously on social media for women's rights. And, you know, I've never read a single Harry Potter book in my life. I've never read any of her books. I've never watched a Harry Potter film, not interested in any of that franchise. And But I do think that the fact that she is a multimillionaire garners her some protection. She's able to voice what a lot of us are thinking. She continues to do so and she doesn't has, have to. She's an author. Yeah. She's not, she's, she's, she suddenly found herself a, a campaigner. Well, you know, we all have awakening moments, don't we? We all have our moment where we think, hang on a minute, this is not right. She's had hers and she con she continues to say what a lot of us think uh, at considerable cost to her own reputation. But I think she's, she's she's made her money, hasn't she? She can step back from that a bit and, and, and be authentic, be authentic on but, the world stage. You know, Good for her. Gemma, even a lot of people with money are still not willing to do that, though. She is a hate figure, you know, in, in terms of uh, some, you know, like the uh, community, the LGBTQIA plus community. And uh, talking about hate figures and uh, security, I think we've got another story on that, haven't we? We have indeed. I mean, this is just, you know, yet again, we talk about the police a lot. We talk about public money and where it goes a lot, you know, on, on this show. Uh, so this one kind of is a beautiful dovetail of the two because James Cleverly, our Home Secretary, is actually meeting with police chiefs today to really implement this as soon as possible. And it's a, a package of more than £30 million been announced for MPs, uh, for extra security, police protection and private security and possibly even bodyguards as they receive death threats allegedly, and uh, and threats after uh, from pro-Palestinian campaigners, demonstrators, and activists. On top of this, he's also talking about changing the rules about protesting, which we kind of thought might be coming as a result of what we've seen since October the 7th. Um, but today, yes, 31 million has been announced as part of these new security measures. Bearing in mind, there's no money to bail out our struggling bankrupt uh, councils, council tax, 
for us, the normal working person in the UK is going up considerably in just a couple of months' time. There's no money to fund policing Bobby's on the beat for regular people. Uh, and there's no money for our armed forces, as Jeremy Hunt has said in, in, ahead of the budget next week. He won't be giving any more to the army, despite the, all the Navy, all the Royal Air Force, despite the fact we're you know, talking about escalation of conflict. But there's money for this. And it comes off the back of the MP Tobias Elwood. His house was surrounded by pro-Palestinian protesters you know, just a, a week or so ago. Uh, and uh, James Cleverly have said no MP should face uh, death threats as part of doing their job. This does apply to elected MPs who sit in the House of Commons. Um, it's not necessarily ministers who are, are without portfolio who don't have an elected seat. That's still quite a lot of people. Um, and it does extend to uh, a named police contact for every MP and possibly a bodyguard for every MP as well. As I say, he's having a meeting with the National Police Council today, probably within the next hour or so, to kind of ratify all this and get it signed off and talk about the logistics of how it will work. £31 million, protection for those at the top. Meanwhile, if you get robbed on the street here in the UK, nothing for you. Absolutely. And ironically, uh, we were talking about J.K. Rowling, even if she has got money. How much hate speech uh, against her and death threats does she receive in comparison to these MPs who are now getting all this money, Rick? Yeah, it's it's mad. And if you actually look at this uh, article, uh, notice very importantly, it says the Home Office said the funding package would be used to increase private sector security provisions for those facing the greatest risk. So this is going to be offed out to a third party. Contracts are going to be signed up. Tenders are going to be put out. And like it was with PPE, like it was with everything else that we've seen, uh, cronyism and, uh, you know, mates rates uh, for the Tory party, it would be interesting to see who actually gets these contracts and how much of it goes to where and if there are any conflicts of interest or connections uh, with anybody that's currently in power at the minute. You know, I don't know about you guys. I know that the police claim that they're under under severe stress at the minute they're they're they're, they're run off their feet i don't see cops out and about generally speaking i saw two about a month ago walking down the street i almost fell over and died of a heart attack because i haven't seen that for a very very long time or they're usually driving around in their cars one of them is face glued to their mobile phone the other one is wiping sugar from a nice donut uh, from their little lips so i don't know maybe they should reallocate uh, police resources to doing this because we're already paying for that anyway but of course no it has to go out private so money 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 is to be made yeah. somewhere the first thing that I thought, Rick, when I read this article is just fear porn, basically, and a new kind of narrative because, uh, yeah, it just felt very off. You know, like in COVID, it's funny about that, isn't it? Well, all those years in COVID, no MP had any security threat. How how coincidental that suddenly uh, the COVID narrative disappears and all the MPs need protecting and it's absolutely terrible uh, that apparently we need more police powers now. Uh, and it and it didn't work for COVID getting in the emergency laws. I just wonder if this is the start. It didn't work for COVID. Instead, they're going to use this terrorist threat again, this threat against MPs, the, this anti-Semitism threat. They're, they're using it all for new emergency laws that couldn't get in for COVID. I could be wrong. I could just be being a conspiracy theorist. Do you think there's any truth in that, Gemma? No, I think you're absolutely right, because it, yesterday uh, a Home Affairs Committee report has made several recommendations on tightening up the rules about protesting. So just is exactly what you've just said. Now, none of these recommendations have been implemented yet, but there are several in this Home Affairs Committee report. And one of them is, you know, giving at least six days notice 
to 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 say you want to have a protest, which does make it a lot more difficult for organisers of any protest, um, because then the, the police and all emergency services can come back within those six days and say, well, we're not really happy about this route. Could you change it again? You know, it gives them a lot of notice to kind of decide, right, how can we clamp down on it? But there are a series of recommendations in this report um, that was, was published yesterday. Uh, we will see, there's no, I don't have any other detail apart from the six-day rule. As I say, none of those recommendations have been implemented or passed through law yet, but they certainly are champing at the bit and using these huge, you know, pro-Palestinian demonstrations as the excuse, uh, as it is the excuse here about, you know, £31 million for elected MPs to have both private, as you say, Rick, but also uh, police uh, a dedicated police contact for every single MP. That will be a police contact that you or I could have if we were a victim of a serious crime. So yeah, under the guise of terrorism, much like 9-11, changes are afoot within the law. Changes are certainly afoot with where our money's going, which I find myself saying with increasing regularity on TNT. Don't forget, we pay for all of this. We yeah. get no say at all, but we pay for it. And, and isn't there, Rick, a comparison with COVID? We were told that people were dying. They use those statistics. We're just being told these MPs have been had threats against them. OK, this uh, uh, Elwood's house. How do we know that they didn't just set people up and pay them to be outside the house to make it look like that? You know, is, is it, you know, are they not, is it, are they able to make it look like they're a threats? Uh, problem, reaction, solution, basically. Uh, coming from, listen, I used to grow up in a place where people were being bombed and shot every Thank day. You. It became part of life. And let me tell you this, yeah. if somebody wants to off you, if someone wants to get rid of you, it doesn't matter if you've got a bodyguard or not. It doesn't matter if you, they will find a way and they will get you whether or not you've got police protection or not. So, of course, it could make a difference for a random person running up to you in the street uh, with a random attack. But if somebody wants you dead... If somebody wants you dead, you're going to get killed. Uh, they, they can't be with you everywhere and in every situation. Look at, uh, remember a guy called JFK, for example. I think his security was pretty tight. But then again, uh, you have to ask yourself the question, who was it was doing the shooting in the first place? Hell, they even shot the Pope. Uh, so, you know, their levels of security would be pretty high. If they want to get rid of them, they'll get rid of them. So all this, in my opinion, is just a waste of money. If there's a dedicated hit person out there after you. Yeah, it'd be much better than me. If you're a dedicated assassin, uh, get out there, put your number out. You're needed at the moment. You can make a lot of money is what Rick is saying. Uh, but no, uh, thank you. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, get, get, uh, and uh, thanks, Gemma, for trouble. bringing that. Oh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm always trying to get you in trouble. Uh, thanks, Gemma, for bringing that one to us. I'm sure we're going to see more stories over the next couple of weeks uh, pushing the same narrative. Uh, but next, we uh, have another guest here at today's News Talk. TNT's Darren Denslow. A cemetery here in the UK could be extended by 7,000 graves to cope with a rise in deaths and burials during the COVID-19 pandemic. Why we need to suddenly extend that grave now, I don't, the graveyard now, I don't know, Luton Borough Council. So plans were being finalised to expand the Vale Cemetery on Greenbelt land next to the town's existing cemetery in Stopsley. A survey in 2008 found the existing cemetery would run out of space by 2025. In fact, I could carry on going through this article and guess what? It doesn't mention COVID again. It only mentions COVID in the headline and the very first line of this story, which sends my alarm bells off uh, 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 ringing because uh, I suspect it has nothing to do with COVID, but everything to do with an increase in deaths 
and excess deaths since COVID. Digging deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. News Talk Radio listeners are some of the most active and involved listeners of any format. TNT Radio listeners rely on TNT Radio often as their primary source of information. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. If you're still wearing a cloth or surgical mask around in public, you're guilty of spreading COVID misinformation. It really is that simple. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, it's uh, Wednesday, the 28th of February. Normally, uh, it would be March tomorrow, but we're getting done dirty this year by the calendar. We've got 29 days in February rather than the usual 28th. I think it's a leap year. Yeah, tomorrow's uh, the 29th. So yeah, uh, you're going to be working an extra day for free. Your employer's going to ring an extra day's labor out of you for free and you're not going to get paid for it. But anyway, I'm not bitter and twisted about that in the slightest. Uh, now we need to move on. Uh, to our next guest, we've got the one and only Kit Knightley joining us. I hope and pray and believe, uh, fingers and toes crossed. Kit is a journalist uh, with Off Guardian, and he's beaming into TNT Towers now live as we speak. Kit, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and how the hell are you? I'm fine, Rick. It's nice to be back. Yeah, good to see you again, man. I think you had a little bout of something uh, the last time you were due to be on the Lurgy. Some call it COVID, some call it. Natalie was talking about germ theory and terrain theory about being right. under stress. I'm going to debunk it all. I've been under emotional stress for about 25 years now, and I still don't get the cold. So what is it about me? Is it because I'm Irish? Is that maybe what's keeping me safe from the Lurgy? Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, yeah. the only it's just you off Rick. guard, oh, off yeah. guard with it's that just, one, didn't it? No pun yeah. intended. It's, it's just you, Rick. You're you you're, you're just a, a random superhuman, superhuman. Yeah, super but anyway, human. that that aside, that aside, uh, all joking aside, Vladimir Putin. We've got a story here to talk about here about Putin uh, could and I, I hate would shoot a would a coup to journalism and this is a perfect example of it but yet it's something that's doing the rounds out there vladimir putin could target the uk again with a novichok style poisoning attack warns grant shops of course he could of course he could but then again he could also target us with a nuclear bomb or he could send racing pigeons over us to you know drop nasty little messages on our cars or maybe he's going to do absolutely nothing whatsoever where's this coming from this uh fear porn is it coming straight from grant shops's twisted mind um i don't think much kind of grant shops's mind to be honest it's like <laughs> he's, he's he's just a windsock isn't he like all of them um it's just it's just an ongoing campaign of of as you say fear porn i mean and of course it skips over the fact that another novichok style attack wouldn't involve vladimir putin just like the last one almost certainly didn't involve vladimir putin i mean i'm not sure how much you know about the salisbury poisoning in, in 2018 but it was a it was a farce it was nothing to do with russia at all mm -hmm. um so by another novichok style attack he could easily mean an entirely fake attack that we blame on Russia or somebody else for some reason of our own. So is this basically, uh, just before you came on here, we were talking about increased threats, allegedly, against MPs. It's going to result in 31 million quid being allocated off to private security firms to keep them safe. Obviously, 
we don't know the foundation of that is, whether or not it's real or not. So there has to be a, an MO, there has to be a modus operandi here from Grant Shops leaking this story out. And our belief here on TNT very much is that all roads lead to control, not to roam, but to control. Is this just simply another method to crack down on border control, to crack down on uh, missing disinformation and monitoring people? Uh, is this just another step towards that yeah. uh, end game kit? I mean, it kind of feels like you don't need me here because, yeah, absolutely, definitely, that's what it is. It's about, I mean, this the MP safety thing will be about hate speech and threats, and they all interpret hate speech and threats wherever they want, just to basically control what people say on social media. That's what this MP safety thing has always been about. Nat, what do you I reckon? Was... I mean, like uh, Putin, Putin, you know, I don't want to say he's getting a bum deal over the last four years because he's no angel and he's no saint. And no. I'm not a Putin supporter and I'm not a Putin apologist in any way, shape or form. But I'm sure when he sits back and he hears, I'm sure he gets feedback of some of the reports in his daily briefing about what he's being accused of. He must have a chuckle as he looks at the UK and he looks at America and he looks at the Biden administration and he looks at the shambles that is the UK and say, those people are actually having a go at me about harming their people when they're doing more harm to those people than I could ever do. I just, I think I was reading uh, this uh, article uh, that I got sent um, in The Independent about Putin and they just come in more and more across like an Austin Powers style villain, you know, like he's been blamed for everything. It's like, it, you know, it, it says Putin's increasingly casting the conflict as a battle against the West. No, the mainstream media are doing that. Everything that they're accusing Putin of doing, it's actually the media, isn't it, Kit, most of the time? I mean, we haven't, they haven't actually given the evidence most of the time that Putin's doing it. They're just telling us that he's doing it. Oh, absolutely. Putin has become this, like, this Goldstein figure from 1984. It's just blame everything on him. It's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Um, and for one thing, if, you, if you're going to be mad at anybody public, you be mad at him. You don't be mad at us. We didn't do anything. Yeah. Like, you're all poor now, and that's not because of lockdowns. That's because of Putin. Yeah. I kind I of saw, want him to I come saw, out and say, Mwah, ah, 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 ah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, 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 that's... A white cat, you know, the big yeah. AI generating a white cat into his lap that he'll stroke and, you know, shave his head yeah. bald like a, you know, a James Bond-esque uh, Bond villain. But I saw uh, some uh, propaganda stills being done yesterday by the like of uh, Robert De Niro, what, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Kevin Bacon, yes. Stephen Fry oh, being ruled out again, uh, telling us how that if we don't, if if Ukraine goes down, they're really fighting for us. They're our buffer. They're taking all the hits that Europe should be taking, and we're going to be next. In your opinion, Kit, okay, to step aside from the job that you do and the communication you have with people like us, in the real world, when you go out into the real world and you communicate with real people, do you see people, do you eavesdrop into conversations and hear Putin being uh, talked about in hushed, fearful tones? Or is it, if it weren't for the media, would anybody even be paying any attention whatsoever to what he's doing? Um, no, I don't think. I mean, I think the Ukraine thing has already faded from the public consciousness, to be honest. I think that that's part of the reason they shifted the main focus of their, their like media campaign to Israel, because they were just trying to get people interested again um if um if people had still been interested in in ukraine when the situation in, in gaza kicked off i think gaza would have been pushed behind it 
but because interest in Ukraine was flagging, they brought they brought it onto the front page. Like famously, a few weeks ago, the Washington Post removed Ukraine from their live news feed at the top of their newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Stephen Fry celebrity video that was so that was the most cringe celebrity video I've seen since oh. um, since singing Imagine during lockdown. Oh. Um, they all need to fire the publicist. I didn't even finish that the, video. I only got to Stephen Fry and then turned off. I don't know who was after it. Oh, it was horrendous. I mean, it's only a couple of minutes long, but it's it's a tough watch. Let me tell you this. And actually, it's the worst Ukraine publicity video that I've seen since the last Ukraine publicity <laughs> video that I've seen featuring the exact same squad of uh, has-beens <laughs> and uh, now cheesy actors slash actresses pontificating and virtue signaling. Here's a word of advice. If you see an actor wearing a scarf and he's uh, talking in a low voice, just switch him off straight away. You know there's going to be an absolute tsunami of BS coming out of his voice. And that video uh, was chock-a-block full of people like that. But anyway, uh, much appreciated uh, this morning, Kit, uh, for your input in that one. And good to see you uh, up and at him again, uh, back onto your own two feet again. And that's Kit Knightley. Please check him out, uh, his work on Off Guardian. You'll find that at offoff-guardian.org, where he is a regular contributor there. So big thanks to you, Kit, and I hope you have an absolutely wonderful day. We have got to take a headline break right now, and we'll be back at the other side with Hayden Appleby here on TNT, today's news talk. Now, TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with your TNT headlines. Washington has warned the situation in Ukraine is extremely dire, admitting the country's losing territory as Kyiv's forces retreat from their positions amid strong Russian advances. The situation is extremely serious right now. Frontline workers who were sacked or suspended for refusing the COVID vaccine in the Australian state of Queensland are celebrating a huge win. And Donald Trump and Joe Biden both won their respective primaries in Michigan on Tuesday, putting them on a path to a potential rematch in November. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk this is TNT Radio. Not joking either. Welcome back to the show. Don't forget you can call in and get on our online chat as well. And welcome to the show as well, Hayden Appleby. You can follow him on X at Hayden Appleby. He is the host of Utter Truth podcast, a journalist. His bio reads, sorry, I won't be bought. Neither can we. Hayden, how are you this morning? Good, thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, it's brilliant to have you because you are here to discuss Hugh Edwards. Now, he's suddenly come back in the headlines. The BBC Mm -hmm. are apologising to his family uh, over the scandal and over the way the complaint was handled. It's taken them six months. Why did it take him so long to come out and apologise, Hayden? Well, I think that's the question at the heart of it. And it's kind of ironic, isn't it? It's it's taken them six months to come out and apologise about how long it took them to investigate (laughs) initially. So (laughs) I think at the heart of all of this is kind of an analysis of 
the BBC, why, why do things take so long? Why did it take so long? I'm going to keep referring back to the Jimmy Savile era, the Jimmy Savile situation, because people have really vague memories and people forget things. We forget, you know, I can guarantee if another so-called pandemic was around the corner in a few years, people would forget these kind of patterns that came from the last one. And we also forget these institutions, these organisations like the BBC and what they've done in the past. And so it's kind of this surprise when when something similar happens again. So why did it take them so long? Do we honestly know? Was there some kind of element of we don't really want to talk about this? We want to brush it under the carpet like happened with Jimmy Savile, perhaps. I don't think that's a conspiratorial suggestion. I think it's perfectly fair when we when we analyze this organization and what they've done. Uh, looking through my notes, by the way, I've uh, written down the same as you, Jimmy Savile, brushing it under the carpet. <laughs> so we're on the same, mm. we're on the same lines. Um, yeah. But you know, it's taken. They said they've had to do a review. So the reason it's coming out, their excuses. Well, we've it's taken us uh, six months to do a review. Are you really telling me, right? How much evidence can there be, and how many people do they need to sift? through a few uh, yeah. bits of evidence on Hugh Edwards. Are they, do they take the public for being that stupid? Mm -hmm. I, I think they do. I honestly think they do. That I think a lot of people, the BBC, you know, they, they will call themselves objective and kind of non-biased and things, but I do think they're biased. I do think they are kind of an arm of the state. And when you look at the review and you look at the report itself, there's no way it had to take six months. You look at what they say, they say they had, quote, shortcomings, there was a need for greater consistency. It's all very vague language. There's no real, you know, there's no like nothing of substance that 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 they have reported on saying, you know, this is what we found, that this is how we're going to with substantially change, you know, materially change what we do. It's just all very you know, these are our mistakes and we're going to keep making them. <laughs> I, I feel a little bit like Rick. They're kind of uh, throwing uh, Hugh Edwards un under the bus a bit, a bit like mm. bringing up his name again. Let 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 people remember him. And then uh, the BBC's cover yeah. up can get forgotten. Do you think, Rick, you know, just keep putting back in the news again? Well, you know, for him, it's unfortunate, but I don't know if you guys can remember, there was a, a one, two, three happening at the time this yeah. Edwards scandal came out. I think, Philip Schofield uh, departed mm. maybe the week before that. Then we had Hugh Edwards' scandal, the one that we're talking about now. And then, of course, I think maybe the week following that, I'm just, you know, give or take a week or two, we had the whole Russell Brand shenanigans yeah. all to do with uh, sexual, uh, you know, impropriety and stuff going on behind closed doors that couldn't have been on. They haven't plucked brand back out of the fire again they haven't plucked old Schofield old Gordon the Gophers mate back out again but old Hugh Edwards uh, he's an old man maybe they're they're going after him on an ageist front maybe they're thinking he's yeah. too old and decrepit to put up a fight so let's target <laughs> Hugh again what do you think about that Hayden? Yeah I mean I think that even with Russell Brand at the time something a lot of people when I kind of reported on this back in as you say, July, August time. What a lot of people were missing was kind of everyone's attacking Russell Brand. It's kind of being used as this this great this great way to attack his message. Right? These allegations can be used to to highlight what happens when you become a conspiracy theorist. All of this, but what a lot of people were failing to see was actually the ramifications that at the heart of that story was the BBC once again. Even, of course, all of it is alleged, all of it are accusations, but even if there was truth in any of these three individuals, 
at the heart of all of them are mainstream media outlets that have sat on stories that have covered things up that have not investigated properly and that have allowed it to happen in the first place you know this is what people were missing with Russell Brand. You know, people were just casually ignoring how the BBC were being slated at the heart of it. And I was like, no, let's not <laughs> ignore that part. Um, so, yeah, I think that it's in, it's certainly a, a, what I actually wrote in my notes was focus on BBC. You know, we can yeah. talk about specific individuals, Hugh Edwards, yeah. Russell Brand, Philip Schofield, but focus on the institutions that keep doing it over and over again, that keep allowing it to happen facilitate it i've got a quote from katie hopkins lover or hater i think it really summed it up she said we're not asking about the specific individuals we're quote asking why the taxpayer bastion of britain the bbc seems to provide safe haven for a collection of perverts talentless egomaniacs and overpaid government shills and i think that kind mm. of sums it up that sums is the question up. we're asking yeah. it's about yeah. the outlets themselves and it makes it worse that it's it's taxpayers' money. And agreeing mm. with you completely, I wonder if they brought Hugh Edwards back this six months review because it already I read it this Daily Mail article. It says in it, oh, we won't be coming back to work. So yeah. it was it's almost like put his name out there. It distracts actually, doesn't it, from what the mm. BBC are doing and they're and them actually are taking a responsibility. Let's blame it back on yeah. Hugh Edwards. The BBC, we're okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And again, whatever Hugh Edwards has been specifically accused of doing, did do, didn't do. I think, of course, related to the, the alleged victims and their families, that's important. But when it comes to the general public, I think what we need to focus on more is, as yes. you say, the BBC. Um, that affects us more. This is the, the great institution we fund with so many of our tax pounds. And it's like, you know, you look at their constant misleading, you look at the at the risk of attacking them, peddling of lies over the last few years. And then you look at these situations, these kind of harboring of just nasty, nasty individuals, and you think, are they using him as a scapegoat? And I don't think that's a radical suggestion. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, no. Abso and you absolutely. Yeah, you, you go, don't right. have to look past the the statue uh, that's at the front of the BBC to know what that organisation's yeah. all about. It's a you know a, basically a paedophilic statue that's there. I think somebody vandalised that recently, and they actually paid uh, to have it restored again rather than having it removed. And when you think uh, Hayden, you think about Britain, the cancel culture that's in Britain at the minute. You know, statues are being removed of certain people that are mm -hmm. contentious for what they did in the past. Places are being named, street names are being renamed because they're too offensive to some people. BBC doesn't have yeah. any problem with having a you know a man and a and a child uh, you know in a caress out the front of the the BBC building. You would have thought that they would have started with something like that if they wanted to remove something offensive and distasteful, would you not? Yeah, well, they don't want to remove anything distasteful because ultimately they're what I would call, what I would reference, you look at George Orwell's 1984 and they are like the Ministry of Truth. They are kind of what we say, we set the precedent, you know, you can always look back at the BBC to fact check. They're kind of, they've got their disinformation department with Marianne Spring. It's like this, this perfect organisation. And then, yeah, you look under under the underbelly you look under the dirt and actually in fact you don't have to look very deep <laughs> and actually no. you yeah. see you see corruption and it's not just corruption with telling the news and corruption with misleading reports it's now corruption with minors and you start to think when are we going to put our values and our ethics 
above the convenience of watching BBC One in the evening, the convenience of having Radio One on and start to really care about values. <laughs> Do you, know, do you know what the review doesn't go into? In the in, I was reading about it, and like you said, everybody knows about what happened at the BBC yeah. with Jimmy Savile. Now, don't the BBC have a duty and responsibility after they've admitted that's happened to take every allegation that's similar to that seriously? And that's not been put in the review. Again, that's just brushing mm -hmm. that under the carpet. Oh, yeah, we know this happened with Savile, but never mind. I know we didn't look into this properly, but uh, never yeah. mind, eh? You know, what? why hasn't that been mentioned? Surely, you know, the incidences with Savile should have been in the review, shouldn't it? Yeah, one hundred percent. And the incidences with Savile should have been addressed years ago, yeah. but obviously weren't. And so it's a pattern. You have people who are paid upwards of four hundred grand a year, and they have these positions, and they have this influence. And again, whether whatever they did or didn't do, the BBC are able to provide that kind of safe haven. And no, they don't change. I don't think they change. Um, of course, I'm all about forgiveness. I'm all about second chances. But there comes a time when we have to look at an institution and see uh, uh, yeah. just a, a lot of corruption in, in the underbelly. This isn't a normal just broadcaster. You know, the the, the countless stories over and over again. Um, I mean, Dame Janet Smith way back, I believe this was in 2022, found a climate of fear. That was her quote in the BBC following an investigation. It's it's kind of it's like something you'd see in fiction and we still watch it we still listen to it and we still trust them yeah and it's still happening and thank you Hayden yeah. for coming on for that brilliant analysis because you focused on the right thing everybody else is mm. focusing on Hugh Edwards that's what the mainstream mm. media are doing and we should be yeah. focusing on the BBC so hopefully you can come back and speak to us soon and don't forget you can follow him at Hayden Appleby on X uh, but we've got to take a break now here at today's news talk thank you give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg this past Saturday before the South Carolina primary results were in Donald Trump was at CPAC and he addressed the consequences of Joe Biden letting the illegal invasion into this country. It's migrant crime. It's a new category of crime. And I wanted to call it Biden migrant crime, but it's too long. So we just call it migrant crime. We have a new category, migrant crime, and it's going to be more severe than violent crime and crime as we knew it because we have millions and millions of people and they came from prisons and jails. They came from mental institutions and insane asylums. No, they're not the same thing. An insane asylum is a mental institution on steroids, okay? It's a silence of the lambs, okay? You know that. Hannibal Lecter! And here was his finishing touch. They're all being deposited into our country and then you have terrorists, and then you have drugs, and then you have human traffickers, and they're coming over at levels never seen before. We've never seen anything like this. Vintage Donald Trump, telling it like it is, the reason he walloped Nikki Haley on Saturday in South Carolina. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malzberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. When a crisis hits, close to home and across the globe, Nonprofits are on the front lines, ready to serve. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. The demand for charitable services has skyrocketed, and nonprofits are rising to meet the needs. Healing. Nurturing. Rescuing. Honoring. 
protecting, caring, inspiring. The work of philanthropic organizations of all sizes across all missions has never been more important. And it's donors and volunteers like you who make all this possible. Thank you. Together, we change the world. The Nonprofit Alliance. The choice is between normal, Natalie Cheel, or crazy. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, uh, what a morning it's been so far. Just having a look at the live chat, want to pick up on a very good comment that Molly Bites has made. Uh, Molly said, uh, is Russell Brand being included in that lineup? Uh, and then he goes on to say, rightly so, I don't watch or follow Brand, but if he was guilty of anything, he would have been brought to justice. And remember, when you're uncovering the cabal, they come after you. Yes, uh, just to make it very clear, I was including him because at the time, I said there were three people that were thrown into the spotlight uh, when it came to scandals. There was uh, Philip Schofield. The week after that, it was Hugh Edwards. And then I think the week or two after that, it was Russell Brand. So this was all happening at the same time. And when we did cover that story, love him or hate him, the guy deserves his day in court. Uh, you know, he is innocent until proven guilty, not the other way around. And I think, Molly, the focus was at the time that uh, we very much said that trial by media is uh, a, on, on a one-way ticket to the abyss. It's not something that should be applied to anybody, whether you like them or not, including Russell Brand. So everybody deserves their day at court. So I wasn't uh, accusing him of doing anything because he hasn't been found guilty, to my knowledge, of doing anything, even though some people can present the evidence that might show uh, that to be the contrary. But what I'm saying is we all deserve our day in court before we can do that. So no, we weren't... Uh, how would you say brushing him with the guilty brush not we're just saying that he was included in that triple triplet of uh, abuse scandals that happened around about last summer we don't know who's innocent we don't know who's guilty but what i do know is that we shouldn't be able to just say somebody's name and then be all over the media i could tomorrow say oh this person this person's done this and suddenly you know there is no protection for those people uh really realistically uh you sh it should go to court uh, the police should investigate it and it should go to court, but that's not what's happening, is it? So, uh, you know, that's why it had to be uh, brought up in in with the other names because yeah. it did happen free and at a time. As we said, you know, it, nothing happens by coincidence. And uh, it was it was Philip Schofield, Hugh Edwards, Russell Brand all together. And as, and as uh, Hayden rightly pointed out, all have done their stints on the BBC. So, you know, take what you will from that. Who, who knows? We don't. We're just we're just trying to bring uh, to the table the facts uh, of it uh, we 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 don't actually know uh, what's happened yet it hasn't uh, had its day in court so we shall see uh, as time goes on yep indeed so uh what have we got on the old uh, the old doom the old doom board the, here this morning in terms yeah the of doom news. board uh it's never happy uh sony closing london's playstation studio under plans to cut mm. 900 jobs I thought this was a bit of a strange one. Of all the industries, yeah, I wouldn't have thought it was PlayStation and I wouldn't have thought it was the gaming industry. Uh, as far as I'm aware, I mean, my son's a massive gamer. Uh, he, you know, that's so popular still, isn't it? Has sales oh, of the yeah. PlayStation 5 really gone down and sales of the games gone down? So there's going to be 200 jobs gone in Liverpool um, as well. Uh, Jim Ryan uh, from PlayStation has said... Uh, that the decision was taken as the industry has changed immensely and the company needed to future ready ourselves to set the boundaries or, or business up for what lies ahead. 
So, yeah, they're trying to make out here that the uh, gaming industry is really struggling. Uh, and that's a bit of a strange one for me. So if the gaming industry is struggling, that's got mm -hmm. I'll be bad news for everywhere else, isn't it? Rick, I thought that was the one thing that you could guarantee that people were still sat at home playing online. Well, that's what the the that's what no no Noah Yuval Harari said. He said he envisions people sitting in their uh, you know yeah. fifteen minute cities on the sofa with their VR headsets on, doped up their eyeballs playing video games. The useless eaters. Let's yeah. just stick them on a sofa and make them play games. This headline here it said that Sony revealed plans for nine hundred job losses across its PlayStation division with the company's operations in the UK affected. Notified staff. It said the PlayStation London studio was to be closed under the proposals. I'm not sure if that's like a, a software where all the software programmers sit down together, you know, and do their programming or whether it's a, a sales uh, hub, you know, like a like a like a main high street sales hub. I don't know. What I do know is not like, you know, this whole working from home, let's face it, if you're a computer coder, you could sit on the beach somewhere and work. You don't need to be in a hub or you don't need to be in a division with technology. You don't need that. And with the amount of people that are buying products online now, you know, people don't even want to leave the house. It's like, just get it delivered to the door, leave it behind the bin, you know, stick it in yeah. the garage. People don't even want to go into shops anymore. So it could be more uh, foreshadowing of the fact that this remote virtual working and people wanting to buy off places like Amazon, why go into a PlayStation store when you can order it from Amazon and have it dropped on your doorstep? Maybe uh, this is a death knell for Sony's workforce. Maybe not it'll hit their uh, bottom line too hard because yeah. people are still buying PlayStations and I buying the games. But cutting out the middleman and the middlewoman, that's the worrying factor about this. I, I did wonder if it's streamlining as well. Like, you know, mm. like as we have had a cost of living crisis, the PlayStation and Sony's costs are going to go up. So what's the easiest thing to get rid of? Staff, as you said, uh, get rid of the staff. We can carry on making the same amount of money. It does say the decision follows many other technolo technology and gaming firms in making cuts over recent months. Uh, uh, so Microsoft also announced that nearly 2000 workers are going to go as well. Uh, so, yeah, it is happening elsewhere. And maybe it is just big companies trying to make more money. But either way, it's not good on the general public. It means mild unemployment across the board, doesn't it, Rick? It does. Looking into this in a little bit more detail, this article, Natalie, it's uh, talking about 200 developers. There's about 9%. Uh, this 800 figure, uh, figure or 900 figure represents about 8% of Sony's workforce. Say the company yeah. had warned earlier this month that it expected a gradual decline in unit sales of the PS5 from the next financial year, no major franchise title releases were planned. So maybe uh, people are just tired of that PlayStation platform. I can remember getting a PlayStation 1 when they first came out, you know, that followed on. You remember the Nintendo or the, the Wii and the Super Nintendo? Those things are all distant memories now and they've been replaced by I don't know, Rick. New, the, ga the gaming industry, people aren't bored of the PlayStation 5. Gamers do not. There are gamers that sit on that, that from near 24 hours. Yeah, all yeah. over, you know, the Western world. Yeah. There is no way you're telling me they're, they're, they're stopping no, buying the, the game on the, the PlayStation gaming, 
gaming, the gaming won't stop. The gaming won't stop. But what I meant was think of the evolution in gaming. I, yeah. my first, I, I've been a gamer since I've been five. I had an Atari console yeah. that was made of wood, Natalie. It was made of wood and it had Space Invaders on it. Then I went to a Commodore yeah. 64. Then I went to a Nintendo, uh, Super Nintendo. And then I went on yeah. to a, a Nintendo Mega 64, Sega Mega Drive. Then you had the PlayStation 1 and then you had the Xbox, then I the Xbox well. 360. So what I'm saying is the evolution in the consoles has been there. The gaming won't go away. Maybe this is a death knell for the PS5. Maybe they're going to replace it with something else. Or maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, Xbox are going to completely dominate the market. But the gaming, no, the gaming's still very the much alive and well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think more that, the you know, it's more about profits and they don't need mm -hmm. the staff. They can, mm -hmm. you know, as you said, they can do it digitally. They don't need them all in one place. Uh, and we're seeing it, uh, you know, all over the world, the same thing happening. Uh, uh, UK Prime Minister on X. We love Rishi's uh, tweets. Oh, yeah. uh, this one's not from his own personal one. Uh, this one is uh, about transport. So uh, they've scrapped the HS2, of course, and uh, they're trying to manipulate uh, some figures here, telling more lies. They're saying, if you live in the North or Midlands, you're going to want to read this. This is on X, by the way. Uh, thanks to the new 4.7 billion local transport fund, you're going to benefit and have local, better local journeys. They put a link uh, to the government website. They're saying we're going to build new roads, improve junctions, install, expand uh, mass uh, transit systems, improve roads by filling potholes, uh, tackle congestion, uh, get more EV charge points, refurbish bus and rail stations. Now, wouldn't they? Aren't they supposed to be doing that anyway? But uh, yeah. yeah. And, and the Guardian actually says uh, money Sunak saved from the HS2 is shrinking with every announcement. So they're trying to say this is positive. This is something he'd already announced anyway. And now he's trying to re-announce it with less money. So uh, just more lies. We don't expect anything else from Rishi, do we? No, we don't. And it also says it also says they want to improve uh, safety by increasing uh, streetlights. Listen, streetlights never saved anyone from being attacked. I've been attacked many times in my life, and most of the time it's been done in broad daylight, not alone being done under a streetlight. And he also goes on to say that he wants to shell out a lot of money refurbishing bus and rail stations. I'm sorry to say this, uh, but some chav's just going to come along and trash it as soon as you refurbish it as well. Uh, you know, it's 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 money again being squandered so they're talking about billions and billions of pounds here and that whole business of you know the headline made me chuckle uh, if you live in the north uh, you're going to want to read this i had visions of the internet <laughs> crashing last night as all the northerners scrambled to get onto the government website to see what was in store for them up north where it's no supposed to be very grim no bus shelter you know it's crazy but again this money is going to hemorrhage away on things that, and yes, of course, they should have big, good pothole fixing, and of course, they should have, you know, good street lighting. But when you look at the lack of services, we continually cover them mental health issues not being sorted out, and no extra hospital beds being added. And on and on and on it goes. It's more money squandered, I, Natalie. That's all I, I can see. I see this, this tweet, or it was a Fred, but I see them as a gaslighting uh, tweet because at the end of the day, they scrapped the HS2. Uh, so essentially they, they took away what was going to be improved transport for the North. And then they're trying to gaslight them and say, don't worry, we're going to do these things instead. Are you really telling me people up North are going to be excited about refurbished bus and rail stations and more extra EV charge points? You took away a whole, a whole way for them to travel on the rail. Yeah. A faster, quicker way 
and you're trying to gaslight them, trying to say that you're improving things. I wouldn't be very happy and I hope people see it uh, for the truth. Uh, and another story, uh, the, them and us divide yet again. It seems to be everywhere. Uh, and I was saying the same about the Royals, that every single story seems to be about the Royals, uh, whether you mm. believe it's the truth, whether you believe they're just putting it out there. But it, it, what it does, it creates it's a odd, this, isn't it? You know, on a yes. tangent, it's, I was going to say, isn't it a little, what's happening at the minute? And I, I think it's all drama and circus, but it's interesting. The whole business with uh, Charles apparently getting the cancer diagnosis and yesterday, okay. uh, Kate Middleton, this whole thing's springing up. Where is she? She hasn't been seen since Christmas. William's having to disappear. It's all very odd, isn't it? And the black horses yeah, well, and I, the, I, white, I, the white horse and Duke of Rothschild dying and all that. What's going on? Yeah. Well, I, I tweeted just this morning. What if there's absolutely nothing on going on with the mm. Royals at all? Mm. They just need to keep you talking about them. They're desperate to keep them in the public eye. Yeah, they want your attention on them. So, it, but, but what it does do by if you've got your attention on them, there's them and us to divide. You know, if they're the royals are in the news, we're peasants, they're the masters. And uh, that's why I was going to say it brings in this same type of story. Uh, they just seem to be doing it all the time. That's not to say some people saying that, that Kate is really ill and, uh, you know, she's not been seen since Christmas. And I've seen it everywhere. People making speculations. Maybe she is or maybe there's nothing wrong with her at all. But you're all talking about it. And now I'm talking about it as well. So there's the irony. But she's yeah, on the sofa with her the... feet up and her rich tees yeah. and a big mug. I'm glad I don't have to go out and mix with the peasants today. They all think exactly. I'm sick and they're all concerned about me. And isn't but that actually, isn't a fine. good point you make? But it's a good point you make too. Does it maybe Natalie, maybe here's another angle on this one. They're resorting to this to get attention because nothing else at the minute will get them attention. So it's a bit like a car crash. I'm sorry to say, yeah. but if you, you see a car crash, most people slow down, morbid curiosity. You have a little glance yeah. out the window. You shouldn't really do it, but you do it. Maybe they're having to use the sickness and death card with the Royals yeah. at, to get them attention because nothing to... else is working. Yeah, exactly that. And uh, this, But this shows how they really you know, think of us. Uh, this is in, in Parliament, in catering. Uh, so members of the House of Lords can claim £342 a day when they attend Parliament, plus expenses. They might only be there for an hour, you know, and uh, they, they, they're now getting people for catering and displaying rates below the current London living wage. And they'd have to do 26 hours a day for the same in the House of Lords. It is disgraceful. If this is the ultimate in FU, isn't it? In the them and us, that we'll turn up at the House of Lords. Yeah, but the people that serve us, oh, we don't care. Oh, they are they are just peasants that's exactly what this tells me and exactly what the the uh, royal you know the royal stories are doing as well it's just it's just the narrative is that we we mean nothing and they mean everything so you know what even if kate is ill or charles you know what i'll say i don't care they don't care about me i couldn't give a monkeys so there you go and the other thing is, too, just to rally up even more, those uh, people that are waiting on those people in the House of Lords, they're eating the best food, but yep. at a highly subsidized price. So they're getting, you know, caviar and toast and fresh lobster tails for the price. Yep. You and I would get an, an Asda ham and cheese buddy that's about two days out of date to add insult to injury. So they're also heavily subsidized when they get there. And don't forget, you rightly pointed out, it says plus expenses. So getting 342 yeah. quid a day plus expenses and everything else that goes along with it. And they're yeah, probably rubbing, there for an hour. Rubbing the nose 
yeah. sitting in having a lovely meal and these people aren't even getting the minimum wage that is being advertised. If that doesn't add insult to injury and tell, tell people what they really think of the public, what does, you know? And then we've got these stories about the royals. And yeah, maybe Kate is ill, maybe Charles is ill, but why are they more important than me and you? Why do they get all that coverage? What about all those people that died in lockdowns and didn't get the right, you know, NHS service? Not but oh, Not yeah, like. I got to stop I think, talking. I think, no, I think you've just blown your chances of ever getting a job as a waitress oh. in the House of Lords. Hopefully uh, yep. they weren't listening, but I don't think you're going to shed any tears about it that. Does, it does say you got your social media has got to be vetted before you get a job. I think I was never going to get it anyway. I think my chances have gone. I'm never going to get a, chance, a job in government or in the House of Lords. Uh, but it's time to go. The music is going. I will see you again at 9am tomorrow. Carry on listening to Rick for Locked and Loaded. And of course, go out there, live in the real world. Have a great day. And of course, bye-bye.